0: Hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Dope Black Woman podcast. I'm Rishan, the co-founder of Dope Black Women, and today I have teamed up with the Every Mind Matters campaign to celebrate their three year anniversary. So this episode will sound and feel a little bit different but make sure you stay tuned in because it's a really important one. So the focus for today is looking at ways we can all be kinder to ourselves and avoid the Sunday blues. And if you don't know what that is, then don't worry, because we're going to explain it a bit later. But it basically came out because research commissioned by the Office for Health, Improvements and Disparities found that seven in ten Brits actually experience anxiety about the week ahead. Now, I don't know about you guys, but that is something that I experienced week in and week out. So to help me with this conversation, I'm joined by Vanessa, the founder and director of Inside Out Wellbeing and an award-winning social entrepreneur with a background as a psychological therapist. So she's going to be sharing with us some of her tips and expertise and advice on this subject. So welcome, Vanessa, to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that lovely introduction. Um, we're going to get into a bit more about you and a bit more into inside um, our well-being and also, obviously, the Every Mind Matters campaign. But before that, I have to ask you a question that I ask all of our guests, which is a loaded question. And that is, what makes you a dope black woman?
1: You know what? That's it's such a good question. And you gave me a little bit of time to think about it, but still it's such a it's such an interesting question. Okay, so I would say what makes me a dope Black woman is the fact that I am using my experiences and using my expertise to support other people with their mental health and well-being. So of course the topic that we're going to be speaking about today is around mental health and well-being and this is a topic that affects lots of people, particularly people within our community. So I guess what makes me a Dope Black Woman is the fact that I can be a relatable person someone that you know people can look at to see yep she understands what we're going through Um, Mm -hmm. and even using that as a segue to
0: just support people to live their best lives. No I definitely agree with that and I think even to add on to what I think it makes you lit yeah what makes you dope is that I've been connected (laughs) to you for a very long time with your work around the inside out well-being and um you know, mental health is something that in regards to the Black community specifically, mm. there's still uh, there's still a lot of stigma, there's still a lot of taboos. So to put yourself at the forefront of that conversation mm. is like a very big and brave thing to do. So pick up yourself for that, first and thank foremost. Thank you, thank you, thank um, you. But on that note around like uh, inside out well-being, what made you start that? Like what was the moment for you where you was like I actually need to do something more than maybe just talk to my friends and my relatives about this I need to make a platform Mm -hmm.
1: you know for me I don't feel like it was one particular experience that led me towards starting inside out well-being I think it was multiple different things that were happening in my life around that time so a combination of my own personal experiences and also um, professional experiences working in the mental health field so with my own personal experiences I remember when I was younger I used to experience heart palpitation. So my heart would just randomly beat really fast. I'll get really shaky. I'll feel, you know, I'll get the sweat. I feel the tension in my body. And for a long time, I thought that there was something physically wrong with me. I really thought that I had a problem with my heart. So this was something that was ongoing for a long time and I'm just suffering in silence. And so there was one time where these, you know, my, these symptoms my heart beating really fast the shaking feeling dizzy feeling light-headed it became really extreme to the um, to the point where I literally thought that I don't know why I was probably like maybe 15 16 around that time but I literally thought that I was going to have a heart attack so I called up the NHS service and um person I spoke to on the other end of the line mentioned that I'm experiencing symptoms of anxiety and what I experienced there was a panic attack and that literally blew my mind. I didn't have an awareness or an understanding and I wasn't able to actually articulate my experiences but speaking to this lady it literally opened up and unlocked a whole new avenue for me and I felt I felt I feel like that particular experience along with many others really helped me to understand that within our community especially like you mentioned there's a big stigma attached to mental health plus you know most people or some people may not have the mental health literacy to actually articulate their experiences to actually be able to get the help that they need so there was these type of experiences that I went through myself that I knew that of course it's not just me that's experiencing this other people are experiencing it as well and then also from working in the mental health field I guess noticing that you know the place that I was working in when I finished university you know there was predominantly a lot of black people there who were experiencing severe mental health conditions And I was always wondering why, how, you know, how does it get to that stage? And so that develops my interest in preventions and early interventions. And particularly, again, back to the idea of being able to give people that mental health education and support, you know, before they get to the severe end of the spectrum, being able to provide that support when they're experiencing, you know, acute symptoms. Because we all know that prevention is better than cure. So that was, yeah, that was basically why I started
0: Inside Out Wellbeing. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I just want to say when I was smiling and I was laughing, it wasn't um, like at you directly because obviously you can see me behind the like over the screen. But it was because I could really relate to your experience of the heart, heart palpitation. So when I was younger, I thought I had anxiety and I was basically almost confirmed that I had PTSD, but it wasn't really something I prioritised until like the last year or so. But maybe four years ago, <laughs> I was really convinced that I was dying. <laughs>
1: mm. And
0: that I was having heart attacks. And it was, it was bad. Like, I, mm. even though I, even though at this point I'd, I'd already been doing lots of work, you know, around mental health, I'd already been doing research, I'd already worked on pro- projects. You know, like, you can know on paper that anxiety might look like this, but until it mm-hmm. happens to you, you don't yeah. know what that actually feels like because there's so mm-hmm. many different symptoms. So I was having these heart palpitations. And it was, I was getting really lightheaded and really dizzy and I have to, I'd have to lay down immediately because I felt like I was going to faint. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember going to the hospital on and off for like six months and getting those things done. Is it the ECG where they have the mm-hmm. things over your chest and having to mm-hmm. wear this thing overnight <laughs> because they were like, we need to find out what this is. And it was like mm-hmm. high priority. And afterwards we just realised I've actually just got anxiety. Um, it's mm-hmm. just worse it than I thought.
1: Mm-hmm. Um.
0: So, yeah, I feel like that story that you just shared, a lot of people who have anxiety. Yeah. Because like, I remember I interviewed um, T-Boy, you know, Tolu from Don't Jealous Me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he spoke about his own experience um, with me on a different podcast.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: he shared that same similarity and that same story around the heart palpitation and realising that mm. like, this is bigger than me. Like, I have mm-hmm. to make sure that I get help.
1: Um, yeah. But something
0: that you mentioned there, which I thought was really interesting, is that you spoke about, like, some people not having an awareness or not knowing the right language to use. And I just wanted to know if you could unpack that a lot, a bit more, because I've spoken to people sometimes around, like, for example, access to therapy. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, but nothing happened to me bad as a child. <laughs> and I had to say to them, like, you don't have to go through severe trauma to access therapy. And actually, it might not be something that you understand as bad right now. Do you get what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, for example, I, had a fr- I have a friend who is a big people pleaser like Mm. even if she doesn't want to do it she's going to do it and when I'm talking to her sometimes she'll be like oh I can't do this but I'm so 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 sorry she'll start going on this big rant and I'm like why are you apologizing for not being able to attend something Mm. that the diaries allow you to attend like and then when we unpacked it a bit more like as a child she got told off for a lot of things even when it wasn't really her so that's why now she always feels like she has to always make sure she gets things right Mm -hmm. so that's something that I feel like as an individual on a surface level you might not look at as as trauma or maybe trauma is not even the white white word but it's maybe something you might need to unpack with a therapist or even with yourself through journaling Mm -hmm. to understand why you do certain things so yeah yeah unpack a bit more about what you meant around
1: that language 110% you know I always say that self-awareness is your superpower literally when you know yourself when you know thyself you're able to actually navigate um, with that learning to be able to make improvements in your life and um, the reason why I always come back to mental health education and mental health literacy you know the experience that it seems like we have had in common with experiencing those physical symptoms of anxiety imagine if I didn't find out what that was I would have kept on suffering in silence Mm. and thinking that I'm the only one that's experiencing this or I've actually got something physically wrong with me and the thing about you know panic disorder or anxiety or anything like that it can turn into that cycle where things you know keep on going so I'm worried about the physical symptoms and because I'm worried about the physical symptoms that increases the physical symptoms and then (laughs) it just you know I mean it just turns into that ongoing cycle so It was for me personally, and I'm sure for a lot of people, even people that I work with as well, knowing what is happening was that key that literally stopped my panic attacks. Right. Because I knew that, of course, this is not a physical health issue. And I know it's anxiety related.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm no longer
1: worrying that, um, you know, I'm no longer concerned about the dangers of, My heart rate increasing really fast, or shaking, or or feeling a bit lightheaded. Um, I've now got tools that I can use. So, when I do experience that, I can break that cycle. Do you know what I mean? So, being able to have that awareness is key. Being able to actually have the understanding can, for a lot of people, you know, even people that go into therapy with myself, or, you know, for instance, come to Inside Out workshops and things like that, that understanding that they gain can even itself be an intervention that can Mm -hmm. just you know break that cycle that they're going through and then in addition to that as well being able to articulate your experiences of course does help you to get the right help and get the right support so of course if you um you know are seeking support and you are having difficulties with articulating what's going on and not knowing you know um what's happening of course it might take a little bit longer it's not to say that you're not going to get support you will get the support but it might take a little bit longer for you to get the exact support so just to give an example i've worked with a lot of people before who you know have come to me with symptoms of for instance ocd obsessive compulsive disorder but then when we look at what's actually going on it's rooted in trauma and rooted in ptsd so mm. rather than us working on the ocd to begin with by working on the ptsd symptoms that then helps
0: to alleviate the ocd symptoms right makes sense yeah that's really interesting because i remember learning something ages ago Mm -hmm. and i can't remember the exact stat but it was basically looking at um the diagnosis of black boys with adhd and Mm -hmm. that a lot of them are are misdiagnosed because actually what Mm -hmm. they have is ptsd and it causes them to act out in a certain way that in a classroom makes it easier to just say that's ADHD and it's not. Mm -hmm. So a lot Mm -hmm. of black men or black guys who end up in like crews or centres and then Mm. maybe they later go on to be in prison. They wasn't afforded their right care and support in the early years because they were misdiagnosed.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's a perfect example as well. So being able to have that understanding. And I think that understanding is not just on your end. It's also on the end of support, support services, people who are there to help. So then people can, of course, guide you in the right direction. So there's no pressure, of course, to understand every single thing that's going on about you right now. It's a journey, of course. And so if you take that initial step, you will just find that, of course, as time goes on, you will learn more and more about yourself and then you get the support that you need.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And talk to me about inside out wellbeing then, in terms of mm-hmm. the, what you're, the work that you're doing with Every Mind Matters.
1: Sure. So, um, I guess at Inside Out Wellbeing, we look at mental health from an intersectional standpoint. So, mm-hmm. we take into account identity because, of course, identity. Shapes the way that we think about things, it shapes the things that we do, it shapes our emotions, it shapes the way that we experience life and the way that we experience our well being. And something that I found was that, um, throughout my time working in mental health services, we weren't taking into account identity as a whole. So, this was perhaps you know, back maybe five, six, seven, eight years ago. (laughs) Now, there's been a lot of changes in place where people are looking at, um, you know, culturally informed wellbeing support or culturally sensitive wellbeing support as well. So um, yeah, the, the, essentially the work that we do is just about providing, you know, support that takes into account who we are as people, mm-hmm. just yeah. so that people do have relatable support, if that makes mm-hmm.
0: sense. Yeah. And I want to ask you something as well. Yeah. What do you think around the idea that Because, you know, a lot of our listeners that are tuned in are going to be black predominantly. Mm -hmm. So what do you think about the idea that black people that are black should try and have a black therapist?
1: That's a good question. Um, So I think that it depends on the individual. So Mm -hmm. I've seen both ends. I've heard both arguments on both sides. So firstly, of course, if we're looking at um, the argument for that, you know, black people should have black therapists, I guess most people from the feedback that I've heard have found that that gives a space where they have someone who can relate to their experiences. It's not now that they're having to come and explain and over explain, um, you know, what it's like to be black or their heritage or their culture and things like that. The therapist just gets it, if that makes sense. And, you know, I am glad that myself as an example, I'm someone that who can be relatable for other black women of course or black men in that respect on the other end I've also heard people say that they would prefer not to have a black therapist just because they feel that perhaps maybe the black therapist may over empathize with them if that makes sense so that's Mm -hmm. that's one argument or I've heard people say they want to speak to someone who is far removed from right culture so I guess it just depends on the individual and what they're looking for if you're looking for someone that's relatable who can provide that perhaps you know culturally informed you know support or support Mm -hmm. that takes into account who we are as people like with me for example I have you know clients who come to my my sessions with their wig off you know with their cameras just just relax and I get it you can be yourself do you know what I mean yeah you can be relaxed whereas it's quite difficult for you to off your wig in front of you know someone who yeah. may not understand does that make
0: sense yeah and I guess yeah especially if you're going if obviously people can go to I'm sorry again people will access therapy for like a number of reasons but I guess especially if you're going to it for something like anxiety or depression have, mm. and, you're, and you are someone that wears a wig. Having someone who feels like, okay, <laughs> I've got to lay these edges in a particular way. Or like, keep it flat down. It's yeah. actually further heightening that anxiety Exactly, exactly. Because I've had this twice. And both times mm. it was white people. And I had ex- like an exceptional experience with both mm-hmm. of them. One was a woman and one was a man. Um, mm. And it's jokes because the woman, I felt like she was my best friend by the end of it. And Aww. she knew I did like Dope Black Woman and she even, wa- she even ordered some of my Dope Black Woman affirmation cards. And she was like, mm. she, she, like I, I, she didn't meant, I knew it was her name. Uh. <laughs> she just ordered it on a sly. Um, okay. And when I brought it up to her, she was like, yeah, I actually think it will be good for another client that I've got. So I'm going I'm mm. to share with her. And the guy, when I first started working with him, I think was, there was another layer. So there's like this race and there's also gender. So when I was with the lady, I didn't mind just putting my headscarf on or just putting my hair in a little messy bun and then with the guy I was like oh I really can't be coming on looking like this (laughs) so at the start I think I was just a bit reserved and I remember at the end of the session he was like you know you've come a long way like at the start I I could tell you didn't really want to engage (laughs) 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 and I was laughing I was saying to him no I was just it was just such I I said I just didn't feel like you was the right fit for me but I wanted to give Mm -hmm. it a go and Mm -hmm. after session three I was like this is this is great but Mm -hmm. because he was so different from me Mm. I was just like nah this is this is what have I got myself mm. into sort of thing but I do mm. think a lot of people have mixed experiences and I think exactly when I went to therapy for the two occasions there were two completely different things but mm. they were trauma related so I feel like because of what I went there for my I don't think my race played a part in it if that makes mm. sense
1: mm-hmm. um, yeah that makes
0: sense so I don't think I would have benefited more from having a black mm-hmm. practitioner outside of feeling more at ease when coming on by having my wig off or having my braids a little bit matted like maybe you wanted to talk in the session but also just oil my scalp
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah no that makes sense also I've heard like people say that they just want to come to the session and get the tools and techniques and that's it so Mm -hmm. if that's what you're looking for then again you know the person who's offering the therapy might not necessarily um matter per se because you're just there to get the tools and techniques
0: tell us a bit more information than around the every mind matters campaign
1: sure 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 so I guess um this is probably one of my favorite campaigns actually because it's so relatable mm-hmm. um I guess with the, this particular campaign anyway it's taken into account that you know that feeling that you get on a Sunday yeah. when you've enjoyed your weekend <laughs> the Friday even just came too slowly but it came anyway <laughs> You've had a great relaxing Saturday and then Sunday comes. It gets to the afternoon, time is going, it gets to the evening and then you start to get that feeling of dread because you're, you know, you might be going into work or university or whatever um, on the Monday. So, um, you know, there's been a lot of research that has seen that, particularly on Sundays, um, there's a lot of Google searches around sadness So that just gives us the impression that on Sundays, a lot of people are feeling quite down and quite Mm -hmm. sad and experiencing those Sunday blues. So this Every Mind Matters campaign is all about helping people to tackle that by creating a plan. You know, as they say, if if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So, right. it's about being able to create a self care plan so that when mm-hmm. you do experience those Sunday blues, because of course, at the end of the day, we're all human beings. And mm-hmm. um, as much as we've had fun <laughs> during the weekend or relaxed and we want to, you know, or we're getting back into work the next day, they, they, those feelings of you know dread and sadness may be there but it's about you know using your self-care plan to be able to actually tackle those feelings of dread so that's essentially
0: what the campaign is about
1: and it's something that I
0: know a lot of people can relate to. Yeah I I think a lot of people can especially for people like me, um, Mm. my bosses aren't listening, uh, (laughs) after, after Covid I had to return to working in an office um mm. because that that's what my that's why I identified my issue to being if I have to work from home on the Monday which I don't mm-hmm. but if I was afforded that I didn't think I would feel as anxious or as like oh, tomorrow's Monday but mm. like because I've been so used to the pandemic it changed a lot it changed mm-hmm. the way I view work and my, my my comfortability I think I did therapy twice across the course of the pandemic as well mm. um so I guess home was really a comfort place so now leaving, leaving it just feels like a bigger task than it probably did beforehand but no mm-hmm. I, you're right I definitely think the Sunday blues is something a lot of people can relate to and you know you mentioned that Google found in their research that on Sundays people are t- typing in things to do with like sadness and stuff like that mm-hmm. and it kind of links on to what we were saying before around like feeling stressed and feeling mm-hmm. anxious and I feel like sometimes when it comes to, again, language, which we mentioned, people can be quite flippant with the way they use it. Like, sometimes I'll be out and I'll hear someone be like, I'm so depressed. <laughs> mm. And I'm like,
1: hmm.
0: it's not for me to judge or diagnose, but are you, like, mm. the way you're using it, are you actually, or do you just feel a bit low, are you having a low mood in these moments? So I think yeah. that'll be useful on this episode if maybe you can just break down what some of the terms mean. So starting with anxiety, like, how mm-hmm. would you define that? What does that, what does that mean? And also... What are some of the symptoms
1: people can look out for? Okay. So I guess like first and foremost, I feel like anxiety gets a lot of bad press. <laughs> and I say that because, um, you know, naturally as human beings, we don't want to feel anxious. You know, feeling anxious is uncomfortable. You know, that discomfort that you feel with those physical symptoms, it doesn't feel good. So we want to push it away. So I think the first thing is about highlighting um, that there's a whole spectrum. Of anxiety so on one end we've got anxiety that everyone feels right um, you know for instance if I have a deadline coming up um, if I don't feel anxious about it then that would be a cause for concern I'm probably not going to be as productive as I would be if I was really relaxed about it if I was so relaxed mm-hmm. I might even miss the deadline does that make sense but yeah you, you might notice that as time goes Gets closer to the deadline, anxiety levels start increasing. And then, you know, if we were to look at it on a graph, in a way, when anxiety levels increase in that way, um, productivity also increases. So that's when anxiety can be a positive thing and can be quite, quite helpful for us as right. human beings, uh-huh. um, even just to spot, you know, danger. Orders to you know yeah be able to safeguard ourselves when we're out and about in our day to day lives you know if you're about to cross a road you look left and right there's no car coming um, and then all of a sudden you're about to cross and then you know a motorbike just you know goes by really fast naturally you're going to jump back and you might notice that your heart's heart rate starts increasing and that increases levels of anxiety and things like that but that's that's okay that's healthy for you to experience. Mm-hmm. Where things sort of take a bit of a, a downturn is when those anxiety levels, so those healthy anxiety levels, then increase so much that it becomes debilitating right. and where it has an impact on your day to day life. So there's lots of different types of anxiety disorders you can have generalized anxiety disorder where you are worrying so much about everything and anything that, again, it's debilitating and it's interfering on your ability to actually just function as a human being and to actually do the things that you want to do. So, the key thing here is that it becomes an interference on your day to day life. So, imagine we're talking about Sunday blues, right? Imagine you're feeling so anxious about going to work on Monday that you call in sick because you don't even want to go in anymore that will be something mm-hmm. that we would label as you know debilitating anxiety mm-hmm. um you know like I mentioned there's there's probably like seven seven or eight different types of anxiety disorders you know that will be on the more severe end of the spectrum you've got social anxiety disorder um, even phobias PTSD is an anxiety disorder as well OCD mm-hmm. so on and so forth so the reason why I initially started by saying that anxiety gets a bit of bad press is because you know those natural levels of anxiety tend to be you know the the anxiety that everyone wants to sort of push away but it can be healthy can be
0: productive it's
1: just when it becomes debilitating on your day-to-day life yeah that makes sense
0: no it did it did and I think it was Mm. useful to actually talk about the different spectrum the different ends of it because I guess someone Mm. might be listening and they might be like oh this isn't really something I can relate to in terms of maybe like PTSD which I mentioned earlier but actually Mm. the general anxiety or the everyday anxiety and and the ways that you describe it in terms of looking at the positives from it is really relatable and is quite common. But I Mm. guess if we were to focus more on like general anxiety Mm -hmm. rather than the many that come under the hat,
1: Mm. what do you think
0: Mm. are, what's maybe like three tips that people can use to tackle that feeling?
1: I would say first and foremost, um, build an awareness about what's happening. Um, like I mentioned, awareness is your superpower. Being able to understand first and foremost is the foundation. So then you can build upon that to get the tools and techniques. So whether that is journaling, you know, writing down. Um, and recording your day-to-day and that can help to identify any patterns any trends anything like that if you're someone who doesn't like sitting down writing about your thoughts um, another option that I would recommend will be an audio journal so literally get your phone go on the voice note app and talk to yourself literally say out loud what you're thinking what's happening um, and that's a way of you being able to actually again express what you may be bottling in or if you find it difficult to actually speak to people that can be an initial starting point as well to really just get that out and open listen listen to it back if you would like to um, and really try and understand yourself because if you don't know what's going on if you don't understand yourself of course anyone can come and tell you what's going on and it might not Mm. be the right support so firstly getting that awareness about yourself the second thing that I would say is work on challenging your thoughts. So, of course, on a day to day basis, we get so many different thoughts that go through our mind. Um, I think there's research that suggests we have 70,000 to about 100,000 thoughts that go through oh my our mind gosh. on a day to day basis. I know, right? A lot. So, um, you know, of course. Those thoughts include what we'll describe as negative automatic thoughts, and these are those thoughts where you might just be sitting down, watching TV, minding your business, and all of a sudden this negative thought comes into mind. Um, you know. Just because you thought that thought, it doesn't mean that that thought belongs to you. And so Mm -hmm. when that negative thought comes to mind, what I would always recommend is find a way of challenging that thought. Is this thought a true reflection of myself? Is this thought a true reflection of my future? Is this thought a true reflection of my reality? So that's to do with thoughts. And then number three, I would say, do the things that scare you. And the reason why I, I say do the things that scare you is because sometimes we can build up um, what we can describe as anticipatory anxiety, where we are anticipating, anticipating the worst thing is going to happen. You know, for example, I might have a, let's say, a speaking engagement coming up. And, you know, let's well, say, you're for talking example, straight to
0: me here. boy. <laughs>
1: Perfect example. <laughs> Perfect example. I'm sure a lot of people will be able to relate to it as well. So yeah, I've got this, this speaking engagement coming up, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, they're all going to be staring at me. Oh my gosh, I'm going to mess up on my words. Um, I'm not going to say the right thing. They're going to pick up on this. This is going to happen, etc. So all of these negative thoughts that almost turn into that cycle. Um, but then you go, you do it. And then it turns out to be much better than you actually thought it would be. Mm-hmm. So imagine what would have happened if you listened to that cycle of negative thoughts and you didn't push yourself to do that thing that scared you. By yeah. you doing that thing that scared you, you are collecting evidence to support the idea that, yeah, I can do it. hmm And then in turn, that can help to build your confidence. Um, So then the next time you go into something, it's almost like, okay, yep, I did that speaking engagement. So therefore, I can do it again. i got good feedback, so I can do it again. Mm -hmm. So those are the three things that I would say. Build that awareness about yourself. Number one. Number two, challenge those negative thoughts. And number three, do the things that scare you.
0: Yeah, I think they're all really, really useful. And I think journaling is something that when I talk to my friends, I'm always like, yeah, you should try journaling. And I don't ever do um but Mm -hmm. I read something um a while ago maybe like two years ago about um this about trauma letters so Mm -hmm. this idea of like writing obviously because my anxiety is is, um fueled by that it's like writing out about it and then like Mm -hmm. burning the letters or like putting Mm -hmm. them into a bottle so I went in the summer I went to Antigua and that's actually what I did so that was the Mm -hmm. first time that I really practiced journaling properly um and with that I, like, wrote all the letters, put them in the bottle, threw it into mm-hmm. the water, and I just felt so much better afterwards. And it was just, like, mm-hmm. why didn't I start this ages ago? Like, that's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, going to your thing, is your meeting at quarter past? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so should we just skip to the end? Is that okay? Yeah, I feel like... Because I feel like we've still spoken about... A lot of things. Matters I think um, um, the, next... the only
1: thing that I'll need to speak about is the mind plan.
0: Oh, that's what I meant by the end, because the next oh, okay. thing was about stress um and managing stress um and I feel like we've naturally because we spoke yeah. about myself at the top given a lot of tips um yeah. so I'll just go to the end bit now sure okay um so obviously we spoke about self-care Sunday um quite a bit and also Sunday blues but can you talk a bit about the mind plan because I went to one of your events the other day and mm-hmm. that's something that I had done that I found really useful um and I feel like the people listening to this conversation is something that they could take forward and really benefit from
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. So for those of you who didn't come to the event, it was a sip and bait event, and it was absolutely amazing. Had so much fun. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, it was just all about mental health, well being. And of course, like just back to the theme of this campaign, which is about creating a, a plan. So sometimes it can feel a bit daunting to create a plan. I'm sure a lot of people may have heard from primary school or secondary school that you need to create a plan, you need to create a plan, you need to create a plan. So it can feel a little bit daunting sometimes. Um, So for those people who want some extra support, we've been able to create a plan that's easy. Um, So on the Every Mind Matters website, they have a lovely, wonderful feature where you're able to actually go on the website, answer a couple of questions, and the system generates a plan for you so easy peasy all you need to do is just put the detail your details in there answer a few questions and then the plan generates for you and the plan consists of I guess tips and tools that you can then use to manage your well-being and also to create that self-care plan for you know I guess back to the theme of the campaign to, to tackle Sunday blues so yeah you guys check it out
0: if you would like to um, well, thank you, Vanessa, for joining us on this um, episode of the podcast. If anyone wants to find out any more information about what we discussed today, I will include the links in the description. So, yeah, thank you. Amazing. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.